Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The This sounds horrifying, and it is, but it's mostly about nesting edition. What? <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah, this is in betweeny 042, the spider-eating bonehouse wasp and arctic-dwelling dinos. My brain exploded. I... <laughs> What the fuck? Spider eating, bone house, wasp. There's a lot of yes. rough words. Yes, it is. In that title. Yes. Also, Arctic dwelling dinos. Yes. What? Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the uh, horrified Marissa Riley. I'm <laughs> deeply horrified. And it takes a lot to horrify me. <laughs> spider eating, bone house, wasp. Yes. Spider Bonehouse. Yes, so everyone. Bone? Spider eating bonehouse wasp. Yeah, everyone say it together. Spider, Spider eating, eating bonehouse bone wasp. wasp. Yes. <laughs> that sounds exactly. like a music genre almost, <laughs> like a type of EDM. <laughs> I'm really into bonehouse uh, right now. Yeah. Uh, this is worse than EDM. So. This is, oh my God, that's saying a lot. <laughs> um. If this is your first time listening, uh, welcome. Uh, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the bone house, too. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Jesus. So, uh, welcome to the flock. And uh, Dr. Riley here, uh, she comes in cold and Thank she you. learns everything in real time, just like you. So you're going to hear uh, all the screams are real. All the screams are real. <laughs> I had no idea what we were talking about. Jill gave me one teaser word just one word yes. and she said bones that's right <laughs> and i was <laughs> that is a, that is a broad topic <laughs> and uh you know i tried to guess what it would be about and this it, my guesses weren't even close no, no. not even close <laughs> uh yeah honestly i couldn't come up with more with a more uncomfortable, terrifying combination of words than spider-eating bonehouse wasp, if I tried. Mm-mm. And we have Kissy4647 on Twitter to thank for half of today's in-betweenies. Hell so, yeah. Uh, yeah, they brought this creature to my attention, so cheers to Kissy, our number one fan on the number one site to uh, feel as though you don't exist. Amazing. Kissy, <laughs> you are a hero. You're... You're my mentor, which yeah. is an inside joke that only me yes. and Jill get. I'll explain later. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Kissy, you know, for all you do for us and to all our fans. To all our fans. All, all of the listeners. So our I business guess, geese. Yes, that's right. Uh, I guess we should begin. We shall. Okay, so shall we get acquainted with this bonehouse wasp? Um, let's start where a group of entomologists found themselves. Gu Tianshan National Nature Reserve in the Xijiang province of China. Now, okay. where the fuck is that? So, yeah. <laughs> every, yep. everyone, please picture a map of China. Okay. Now, <laughs> point to the middle of the East Coast. Okay. Okay, so there is Shanghai. All right. Okay, now a three-hour drive south from there is Xixiang. Hopefully I'm saying that right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Zhejiang province, uh, which happens to be where those three leopards escaped back in April and May. Remember that? Oh, shit. That's right. right. That's right. (gasps) We spoke about that back in in Inbetweeny 038. Uh, I have not heard any updates as to that last leopard. I was going to say, there's one that's still out there. (laughs) That's right. So if you haven't had a listen, please scroll back in Inbetweeny 038. Uh, But we've been to this province before. So it's a poppin' province. So... In the very west. Sorry, Poppin' Province. It took me a minute to digest that one. I love it. 
In the very west of Zhejiang is Gutianshan National Nature Reserve, and it is really beautiful. Uh, it's extremely lush with every shade of green imaginable. Uh, it's also massive, clocking in at about 20,000 acres. Oh my god! Yeah, and that's not 20,000 flat acres either. The landscape is pretty mountainous. Wow. Uh, it's very dramatic, just like the nesting behavior of a new species of wasp discovered there. Okay. Now, <laughs> Dr. Marissa, I'd like to introduce you to one of these wasps, and if you would, please describe their physique and what I think is a surprisingly streamlined, understated appearance. Uh, all photos will be on our Instagram. Well, that's interesting, Pod. Yeah, you can, be... you can follow along with us that's if right. you want. You can play along. Uh, we're also on the Twitter, of course. Uh, we are at WTI underscore pod. Yes, so, we are. Here is a photo of the wasp. Oh, wow. Ah, it is streamlined. Yeah. And it's kind of beautiful. I'm not sure. Um <laughs> It looks like, okay, my first um, thought when I see this is it looks like a, like a iron chair that you would see at a cafe outside in France. So uh -huh. that's kind of what it reminds me of. But basically it's, it's got a, you know, wasp body, which is gray and very slim and not a lot of extra coloring. Mm -hmm. Um, it's got these sort of long, delicate legs. Yes. Um, and it's got these sleek, clear wings, transparent. Yeah. And then yeah. it's little um, antenna or whatever, it's feelers. Yeah. They kind of, at the top, they sort of curl in on each other, which is really cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting looking wasp. Uh, the, the wings are translucent. And when the light hits them in a certain way, they get like a little rainbow color. Little rainbows. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so again, no bright colors. The stinger is barely visible, right? Yeah. Uh, it's actually more on the attractive side than the terrifying side. Yeah. And boy, this wasp certainly encapsulates the old saying that appearances can be deceiving. I thought so. <laughs> I, 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 thought, I thought it would come down to that. Yes. So this is the newly minted Deuteragina Osarium, mm. and it's named after the infamous Roman Catholic chapel in the Czech Republic, okay. uh, and you know the one, the one built with bones of around 40,000 to 70,000 people. Oh yes, that one. <laughs> That's the, one. <laughs> the, the, the bone chapel. That's right. Um, I won't get into depth about this chapel, but highlights include a massive chandelier, which contains at least one of every bone in the human body. Oh my God. Well, yeah. I know what I'm going to Google later. <laughs> so I don't have a picture of the chandelier, but I can show you a small portion of the interior. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so, so I have like, to see it. <laughs> sounds like you want to see it. Uh, and of course, for the folks at home, this will also be on our Instagram. Or if you just want to Google, uh, get more images, check out Sedlik Ossuary. Sedlik Ossuary. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Here's one part of the interior. Oh my God. It's even better than I thought. Um, <laughs> This is like, like, I feel like Jeffrey Dahmer would come in here and do like praise hands for yes. an hour. This is yes. so something. Yes. Um, I don't even know how to describe this. Imagine the inside of a chapel and then imagine where most of the molding is. Imagine where columns would be. Mm -hmm. Imagine um, uh, sort of like as if. Someone had hung party streamers. Yes. Imagine all of those things, except instead of those things, it's just uh, 
wreaths of skulls. That's right. Just skulls everywhere. They were like, if they could put a, a, a chain of skulls somewhere, they did. Yeah. It's basically skulls, femurs, leg bones, thigh bones, all the bones. Um, it's kind of like when you see like a grand opening to a store. Yeah. And you got those like little flags. The little <laughs> flags. Yeah. But it's, of, but it's made of skulls. But it's skulls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah. great. There's columns. Uh, this actually might be the big ass chandelier here. I think that is a chandelier. Yeah, it's hard it's... to tell because there's so <laughs> many bones. The bones just blend into each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's like looking at a, a group of zebras or something. Yeah. You're like, I don't know where one... <laughs> Begins in the other end. I don't know where the chandelier starts and where the the fucking molding. bones yeah. end. I don't know. So, so why would entomologists name a wee bug that's only half an inch long after something of nightmares? Yeah. Well, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, depending on your experience, it all comes down to their parenting skills. Of course it does. <laughs> so, of course it does. <laughs> so let's get into it. Now, these wasps belong to my favorite group of insects, uh, solitary spider predators. That's right. What? Yes. Uh, Dr. Marissa, would you please read from Wired.com as to what this means exactly? I would love to. All right. Quote, female wasps pounce on spider prey and sting. Her venom attacks the nervous system of the spider and paralyzes it. Then she drags the body of her immobilized victim back to her nest, a tunnel in the ground or a tubular hole in wood. End quote. That's right. Okay, so it's the thing where they... It's very sexy. <laughs> they they um, drug it and yes. drag it home. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I wrote a note here saying that's how we met, but no. <laughs> but but uh, that's the way you... It was much... It wasn't, it wasn't like that at all. Um, it, it really wasn't. Yeah. We were both equally drunk. It was... <laughs> uh, back to the bug. Now, actually, that paralyzed spider isn't for her. Adult wasps are actually vegan. What? Feeding, yeah, feeding only on flower nectar. The spider, just like with other... Um, just like with other spider wasp hunters, the spider will be food for her young. Oh. Yeah. Now, if this sounds a little familiar, we talked about another spider predator called the tarantula hawk way oh. back, way back in in between 005. Holy shit. Yeah. I remember this. That's right. That oh was the, uh, the Schmidt pain index. Yeah. So have, a, have a listen to that one. Good times. So... Now, both species paralyze the spider, drag it back to a den, lay a single egg in its chest, and when the wasp larvae hatch, they eat the spider from the inside out because nature is beautiful. Yeah, for sure. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So here is where the similarities between the two species end and where the bone house wasp is in a league of its own. This wasp is very extra. Okay. okay. So I'm like, <laughs> how can we make this more than what it already is? So tell me. Entomologists in this region, uh, region of China set out 27 tubular hollow wooden reeds, okay. hoping wasps would use it for like nesting sites. So think birdhouses for wasps. Cute. Basically. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Uh, but the reeds weren't completely empty. 
each reed had a few plastic vials in it, like test tubes. Oh. So when a wasp, yeah. So when a wasp made a little nest, the entomologists were able to remove the test tube and watch what took place through the transparent plastic. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. It's kind of like a ant farm situation. Fun times. Yeah, but very tiny vial worth and filled with horrors. Yeah, okay, yeah. So. I was gonna say this is a little scarier than a ant yeah. farm. So we'll get to the horrors in a minute, but Dr. Marissa, here's a picture of what scientists gathered between 2011 and 2012. Okay, okay, okay. Oh my God, okay, this is so cool. Um, All right, so imagine a bunch of test tubes. um, The ends of them are clogged with some uh, uh, cotton, and inside you can actually see little wasps nests. It's so cool. They they sort of (laughs) make these little... um, these little, are those the reeds inside? Or that's their yeah, nest? It's part of the nest. It's part of the wood. Well, yeah, we'll get yeah. into the structure in a minute. Anyways, they have these structures, um, and you can see them in there. And it's so cool. Yeah. This is so cool. Yeah. So this is a hall of 829 nests. And each nest is like a long hallway. Yes. So yes. please, everyone, picture in your mind a long hallway. And as you walk through the hallway, you have to pass through a few doors. Yeah. So essentially, the doorway, I'm sorry, the hallway is divided into four to six rooms. Got it. And these rooms are called brood cells. Brood cells! That's right. Yeah. And the hallway and doors are constructed with wood, soil, and saliva. So that's fun. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> that's so easy. It's so cool. It's like a railroad apartment. Yes. If you... Um, if you live in New York yeah. or... Uh, yeah. It's just a long hallway. A long hallway. Divided up. Exactly. Uh, and my friends, we need to talk about the cells and what's inside each. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Let's start with the cells behind the first cell. Okay. okay. Uh, here is where each cell holds one paralyzed spider. Oh my God. And we know why to be eaten from the inside out by babies. Of course. Duh. And <laughs> that's right. And my friends, as this is happening in the first cell, there's a pile of dead bodies floor to ceiling. And it's a pile of whole, like, they're whole dead ants clogging the nest shut oh my god yeah and i have a cross section of this hallway if you'd like to see it um and don't worry (laughs) don't worry there's they're no longer any spiders because they've been eaten uh it's just the ant bodies that remain so okay (laughs) look on her face okay so this is a cross section of the um of the hallway of all the brood cells and it will be available on our instagram and twitter amazing so Wow. Yeah, so these were cells that had spiders at one point, and this, the first cell here, the entryway, as you can see, is filled with the bodies of ants. Yeah, okay, so it's several cells um, uh, uh, no longer with uh, the spiders, and then the final one, you can see there are little walls on each side, and then just a pile of uh, ants. That's right. And um, you should absolutely look at the picture because, you know, we can describe it as much as possible, but it really is cool to see. I highly recommend. Yeah. And in this particular diagram, it shows how many uh, ants are in there and kind of what their bodies look like when they're yeah. singled out. Yeah. So that's incredible. It also shows another view of the wasp, which is incredible. Yeah. It's... um. And those ants, they're pretty big. They're nearly as big as the wasps. So yeah. She, she did a great job. She did a great job stuffing them in there. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. 
Uh, now, 73 nests exhibited this type of behavior, uh, and it's a, be- a behavior aptly called anting. Okay. <laughs> of course. All right. And there's a few reasons, I'm sorry, there's a few theories as to why these wasps, wasps decided to use ant corpses to seal up their nests. And those theories are mainly chemical camouflage and chemical defense. Oh. Dr. Marissa, would you... Tell us a little more about this as to who the wasps are hiding their brood from and how successful this method is. Oh my God, of course. Okay, from Wired.com, quote, the barricade of dead ant bodies radically reduced the rate of parasitism. Less than 3% of brood cells of these wasps were parasitized compared to 16.5 for similar species collected in the same area and Quote, that's yeah. so cool, prevents them from uh, parasites. Exactly. Parasites. Exactly. Ah. It's possible the scent of ants made wasp parasites believe this was a different species and not a tasty wasp larva. Yeah. It's also possible the scent repels larger predators who may not want to fuck with the power of an entire ant colony. That's a great point. Yeah. It turns out the most commonly used ant species was the largest and the most aggressive ant in the area. This is the smartest wasp, and I have so much respect for this wasp. Yeah. I want to be this wasp when I grow up. This wasp is my mentor. Life goals. Life goals. Hashtag uh, bone house wasp. That's right. They're intense Martha Stewart's, basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. My friends, this smart yet sadistic move is why this wasp was named after a chapel Built of bones. Nice. And yes, I said all those words, and that's the world we live in. So it's <laughs> my new favorite sentence. It's incredible. Now, after the break, we're sticking with Ness and new discoveries, but this time it's all about dinosaurs. Fuck yeah, dinosaurs. <laughs> I love them. Stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back, and we're digging for bones. In the Arctic. Of course we are. (laughs) (laughs) And if that sounds difficult, it is, and we'll get into that briefly. But first, where are we exactly? Great question. So everyone, please imagine a map of Alaska. Okay. Point to the center. Now move your finger north until you nearly hit the coast, and there we are at the Prince Creek Formation of northern Alaska, Mm. Yes, which falls into range of the Arctic Circle. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) And we're with Gregory Erickson, a paleobiologist of Florida State University, Uh, Patrick Druckenmiller, paleontologist of the University of Alaska Museum of the North, and many, 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 many tired members of their team. (laughs) I just want to point out that um, one of these people is from Florida and the other is in Alaska, someone who's working in Alaska. And that's just a very interesting teaming. (laughs) What a dynamic, yeah. What a Two very different climates, (laughs) personas. Oh, my God. Uh, So... For weeks, they had been on their hands and knees along the Colville River, and it wasn't exactly glamorous work. Tyler Hunt, a PhD student at Florida State University who worked on the project, said, quote, the ground is frozen, the bones are frozen, everything is muddy. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Poor fucking students. So, now, usually what comes to mind when you hear the words dinosaur bones is something like massive, right? Absolutely. Like a big old thigh bone or a long, sharp, pointy claw. But my friends, that's not the case here. And like I mentioned, it wasn't glamorous work at all. Okay, okay. Now, the New York Times explained their painstaking process best. Um, <clears throat> quote, over the course of several trips, researchers scooped sand and sludge from the Prince Creek hillsides, 
revealing the frozen layer of fossil-bearing material underneath. After letting the trove thaw in the sun, they dug it out and sifted it through ever finer mesh screens, keeping anything bigger than a poppy seed. The hall was taken back to the lab, where scores of students and volunteers combed through it one tablespoon at a time under, under microscopes, checking for tiny shards of bones and teeth called microfossils. Okay, so basically what they're doing is digging in dirt and finding tiny pieces of stuff in hopes that it is something called microfossils. Yeah, something important, yeah. That sounds like a nightmare. It does. Good for these people. This sounds terrible. I don't want to do this. (laughs) No, no. no, for someone this is fun. For us, it's not. But God bless them. You know, God bless them. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for your work. Yes. Um, now, Dr. Marissa, I'd love to show you some of what they discovered. And this image really gives a sense of how small the bones that they're looking for really are. Okay. So here's a photo. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So basically, what I'm looking at is a bunch of tiny little bone pieces, and for scale. They're all sitting atop of a penny. That's right. They're so small. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like seven or eight tiny little pieces of bone all sitting on one penny. Yes. They're tiny. Yeah. They're barely bigger than Abraham Lincoln's nose. Yes. Like, exactly. On a penny. They are itty bitty. Yeah. So for our friends overseas, uh, a penny is a mere 19 millimeters across. And yeah, you could fit about 10 microfossils on a penny. Yeah. That's how tiny they are. But get ready for this cuteness, okay? Okay. These microfossils are baby dinosaur teeth. Oh! I know. <laughs> I know. Baby dino teeth. Yes. Baby dino teeth. Oh my God. I'm just going to explode over here. Um, keep talking. Oh my God. <laughs> just so cute. Uh, baby, yeah, baby teeth from at least seven different late Cretaceous dinosaur species, including Tyrannosaurus, oh my God. Uh, ridge-headed Ceratopsians, Aww. and duck-billed Hadrosaurs. Dude, those are some of the biggest ones. I, I mean, know. When I say big, I mean like most important. <laughs> yeah, most popular. When, you know, everyone knows a Triceratops, a t- Tyrannosaurus, and these are their baby teeth. Yeah, it's the fucking uh, Rolling Stones of the dinosaurs. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. So what does this all mean, finding baby teeth in northern Alaska? Well, it means a lot, actually. So let's get into it. Now, around 60 to 80 million years ago, when researchers believed these babies were stomping around, Alaska was actually farther north, like where the pole is today. And although it was a wee bit warmer, it was still pretty damn chilly, with an average monthly temperature of about 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. And of course, for four months of the year... Complete darkness with a brutal winter. Ugh. So put a pin in all of this chilliness. Will do. Now, everyone knows dinos hatch from eggs, right? Yeah. And their incubation period can take up to six months, depending on the species. Mm. Now, with this in mind, the seasonal changes and the increased distance, uh, researchers concluded it, it was impossible for parents and newborns to migrate south to warmer weather before winter hit which means the kitties are too small to make it, basically. Oh, no. Yeah, so that means these dinosaurs lived in the Arctic all year round. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, Dr. Marissa, what implications does this have for paleontology? Please read from our New York Times source, Tiny Fossils from Alaska Reveal Dinosaur Life in the Arctic. Okay, all right. Uh, quote, 
the dinosaurs must have found ways to keep themselves and offspring warm and fed. It's likely that some of them had downy feathers, Dr. Druckenmiller said. Uh, the finding also supports the increasingly popular idea that dinosaurs were not cold-blooded, lizard-like creatures, but rather endotherms, able to create their own body heat. End quote. That's, That's right. so fucking cool. I know. This is so fucking huge. I know. This is... Yeah, this, this is huge. It's additional evidence that dinosaurs were more on the endothermic side, meaning warm-blooded creatures like you and me. <gasps> yeah. Wow. I know. Or, or they had feathers. Well, we already kind of knew a lot of them had feathers. Yes. But... Yeah. But this is regulating body heat. So this is a pretty big deal. This is To huge. see babies in the Arctic. Yeah. So the team is also looking into the possibility that dinos could have hibernated. So they are heading back to the Prince Creek Formation to look for larger things this time, like fossilized feathers and maybe even a cozy den or two. Aww. So good luck to them. Huge, <laughs> huge good luck to them. Yeah. Oh my God, digging in mud. I never thought anything would come of digging in mud, but let me tell you, it did. Yeah. <laughs> Baby teeth. Baby so. teeth. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening, subscribing, telling their friends. Thank you so much. Jeez, you guys are amazing. We love hearing from you guys yes. as well. Uh, don't forget to rate and review. Um, subscribe. Yeah, and send us what you think is interesting and what you've learned. Uh, email us, DM us. We read them all, and uh, we want to create a, you know, an additional episode, maybe once a month of your stuff, and yeah. just read all your shit back to you. So yep, we would <laughs> share love <it>. to. <laughs> and please stay interesting. Please do.